everyone, um, and welcome to another episode of Art and Labor. We are the podcast dedicated to the ongoing struggle to survive as an art and or cultural worker. I'm OK Fox. I'm Sarah Crow. We are joined by Topher Florence, um, an amazing YouTuber, um, Artist, Art, writer, like, thinker, yeah, uh, like, visionary. Doc, <laughs> seriously, seriously. I'm like, really, um, this is going to be a very fangirly episode for me. <laughs> Topher Florence, a.k.a. Doc Future. Um, it is lovely to have you on Art and Labor, um, Topher. Um, so, yeah, our, our podcast, we... <laughs> Sorry, I'm like so off right now. Well, so we're the, you know, uh, Darcy and Lucia, they're the ones who actually know about like real culture, I'd say. And then the two of us were the indoor kids. You're absolutely right. This is the, yeah, the really the the kingdom, the kingdom hearts caucus of. This is the, yeah, this is the kingdom hearts caucus. This is the um, uh, Sonic Adventure um, anime convention caucus um but nonetheless but nonetheless the two of us went to fine art school (laughs) um so we definitely Mm -hmm. have that sort of um perspective uh but we still have that like grew up on uh message boards um background and i feel like your work is in that intersection and it's strange to me that you aren't like recognized as like a video artist as often as like a lot of other like early YouTuber people. What what I was wondering like like did you go to college did, or like did you study art? Did you study something else? Like what was your like relationship with video editing and how did you learn to like video edit um when you were younger? Well, I did. I went to like I went to art school for like one semester and dropped out. Nice. Didn't really work out. Sick. <laughs> good for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly, good. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> the video editing just kind of just something I wanted to teach myself. You know, it's not like it's you know, it wasn't it wasn't something like I was trying to do professionally or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was like um, there were there were on something awful forums. There they had yeah. Photoshop threads, and eventually those evolved into sort of like video joke threads. And I, that, that's, I guess that's the first things I kind of bothered to really try to video edit. And some of those are still, you know, some of those are still like the first couple things on my channel there. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still there. I, I that, that makes sense. You, you've talked about your roots with something awful and like something awful. Um, it's this like complicated thing. Um, because like to, to me, like, yeah, I loved those Photoshop threads. Like I was, I was one of the like children, who didn't want to pay the money, but I would check it, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, I remember when all of that was, was happening and that stuff really made me like go to my parents and be like, I want Photoshop. And they they were like, they were like, here's, um, here's a a used copy of Photoshop elements that I got for free from a, a, you know, a cereal box. Yeah. Um. (laughs) I like also kind of do, work that is like collaging um mm-hmm. different different like um sort of like speak like kind of speaking in the language of nostalgia right but um 
so I like kind of I I'm like that's why I'm so like kind of fangirly right now because your work is I feel like very influential to a lot of people who like have made like whole careers kind of out of being like internet artists, net artists, or like meme artists. Um, I can see that whether highbrow or lowbrow or whatever. And um, I, yeah, like, your relationship to your YouTube, I feel like is very unique um, where, you know, you've had, you know, you, you'll, you'll put out videos like, you know, maybe a couple times a year, maybe you'll go years without putting one up and you'll, you have comments off and like, maybe like, like pause, I don't know, like demonetized or maybe like only like the really popular one is monetized or something. (laughs) Um, I was wondering, yeah, how you um, feel about your relationship to like um, social media monetization and maybe like why, um, you don't like have a Patreon or stuff like that. Well, on my YouTube channel, I just, I, honestly, I just never had bothered to monetize it. And I was always worried because I have so much, you know, copyrighted stuff on there. I'd end up with like multiple copyright strikes over and over again. And I do stuff like that. I have a, I have a regular day job and then I take freelance gigs sometimes. You know, for this, for me, the video stuff is mostly just a hobby. Like, I go through periods where I, I might do some professional editing or some voiceover stuff, but other, you know. Yeah, I think it's like, a, you know, I, I'm assuming you're kind of the same-ish age as us, early 30s, where I feel like we're kind of the last generation of maybe, you know, maybe not the last, obviously, but um, of people who really saw the internet as something that didn't have to be immediately monetized. Um or like the last generation have hobbies, basically. Like <laughs> you were able to have a hobby as a teen until yeah. the if now it's a hustle. Crisis. Yeah. Now, now it's a hustle. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, it's, it, I mean, and it's funny you bring up like these Photoshop threads. Cause it's like, I learned Photoshop from, um, like the eat poo, uh, conceptart.org, like that kind of forum world where you were, <laughs> you weren't using Photoshop to Photoshop at all. You were using it to make digital paintings. And, mm. uh, it was like, then, you, you know, you don't actually know how to use Photoshop, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're using like the painting elements of it. Yeah, and a lot of that stuff was not considered. I mean, I mean, a lot of like digital painters still kind of have a chip on their shoulder about like that's true. It not, but it it has yeah. this extremely like it had a, a really thriving community around it, mm. even though it wasn't something that was necessarily getting anyone jobs yet. For sure, I think I think there's something that's really changed a lot, like these kids. I mean, it's it. <laughs> I say these kids. These freaking kids, yeah, exactly. The youth, with their freaking phones, yeah, yeah. It's like, but it's it's, it's, it's not really any different than what would have happened to me. I think if if I was if I had been raised in like an economic environment like kids are today, I think everybody's sort of in survival mode now. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to really just do stuff for fun. I see a lot of these like TikTok channels that are, you know, small business check and it's just everybody like I bought an industrial sized um, like uh, KitchenAid machine so I can make slime and like (laughs) (laughs) check out my website. There's something to that. No, there's something to what you're saying, like with um, the economic conditions, like material conditions 
um, make it so that people, um, yeah, are really be, have to become really serious about like trying to monetize their content. Like you, your videos reference the like um, the YouTube algorithm phenomenon of Spider Man Elsa videos. <laughs> sure. Um, I I love thinking about the the bootleg in like cultural economy or whatever, but with the Spider-Man Elsa videos, to me, it's like a lot of like people from like countries that are like, act like actively being like, um, you know, colonized or like Im victims of imperialism from the United States, right. but then are utilizing these huge billion dollar properties of the United States to earn a living, um, or like earn supplemental income for their families. And, uh, because the Spider-Man Elsa videos, it, it, it can be like there's so many different countries that do them and there, there's so many different languages and so many things that then they're constantly um, they were find ways to monetize. They would, they would uh, slide under the copyright mm -hmm. radar in a way. Um, yeah. I was, I was wondering what uh, you know, what you thought about these types of like uh, algorithmic, like, uh, weird YouTube. I, I find it so interesting that we've, yeah, human beings who are kind of just, the, the algorithm has led them to be sort of birthday yeah. party people in this weird yes. dimension. <laughs> yes. And it's so fascinating yes. to me. Like you're trying to make enough money to impress babies, I guess. Yes. It's, it's, yes. it's, it's, it's such yes. a weird situation. What's going to be interesting to me personally is that the kids who grow up with this, what kind of yes. art are they going to make in the future? Since this is the vibes of the stuff that is sunk into their mind as kids. That's the kind of art I'm going to be interested in, you know, 20, 30 years from now. So when we were discussing some of the videos of yours that I had seen that I hadn't realized were yours, one of them was the <laughs> Julia Stiles on uh, Ghost Rider. And, <laughs> but we were talking specifically about how Ghost Rider itself was a show that was extremely weird. Almost nobody... I f like it. W it occupied this strange space. I know with people I knew was all we remembered was these common horrible fever nightmares about like a really goopy weird gum monster, <laughs> and we didn't understand where it came <laughs> from. And <laughs> like I don't know how old you were when when they aired, but yeah, we're we're both like thirty or thirty one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but it it occupied. So when I was so when we were talking beforehand, I was like, you know, yeah, I think like the conversations around that weird gum monster are kind of like what uh what Candle Cove started off as, but it's that same culture of like forums uh or i was thinking specifically about like creepy pastas um mm -hmm. having these common like like i do wonder what like you're saying people are going to be reflecting on that as these horrible things they saw as children that confused them maybe aroused them maybe terrified them and uh like how they're gonna metastasize that later right is that what you're talking about yeah because it's like we, we don't really have uh, the same kind of monoculture anymore, right? Things are so splintered now that st stuff, even in the early zeros, right? There's some kids who are, who are freaked out by, I don't know, an episode of Jimmy Neutron or something, right? And that's still sort of a monoculture. But now it'll be like, you know, just so many random things on the internet. 
even even though people closer to my age, you grew up with like the worst of the hellish rotten.com kind of stuff. That that that's that's sort of in one category. And then but there's this other category of just Mickey Mouse pissing on someone, you know? Yeah, I mean the live leak stuff is good for you though. That made that built character. That built- <laughs> it made us stronger. Yeah, like faces of death was printing out uh printing out photos of the Harlequin fetus at the library made us stronger. <laughs> God. <laughs> sure. Nightmare. Uh, <laughs> it was the Wild There's West. Something so special about watching a beheading on it was a the school Wild computer. West. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm obsessed. I bring this up on the podcast all the time that I've I've linked it a couple times, and I still can't remember the person who tweeted it. But like the different endings of something awful users. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know this tweet. Like, <laughs> well, it's the bad. It, the bad ending the neutral, is you're a Nazi. The, yeah, bad ending is you're a Nazi. Good ending is you're trans, and then neutral ending is like you work for a media company. You work for Vice. Vice. Yeah. Vice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the something awful has this like yeah connotation with the alt right now. There's like you know the mm-hmm. the book. It came from something awful mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. But you know. Uh, you know, me as, oh, you know, young, weird, queer, queerdo, like, you know, Sarah as a, you know, as a woman. And then you as a black, as a black man, like on, um, we were all on these forums, you know, mm-hmm. and that just gets kind of erased in a way. That's true. Yeah. Um, as like, a, you know, this was just this one thing and it was horrible. Whereas like. I see like a lot of like really interesting uh, people who came out of something awful. Like, yeah, I remember posting with, you know, ENJQ of Steven universe or whatever <laughs> on something. awful. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think on uh, those forums though, like, I mean, I remember specifically trying to choose usernames and never like seem because it just kind of made you a target almost if you made yourself like, present in that way as part of your online persona so it was always like I I remember feeling like it was kind of a compliment when somebody online was like oh I thought you were a guy and it's like (laughs) (laughs) that must mean that I'm not talking about girly stuff or you know (laughs) yeah we were made to feel that way the the neutral supposedly defaults to male yeah exactly and well into white white. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um and and you know it was such a weird there was a lot of racism in the forums i remember like Mm -hmm. going on the ytm and d forums and just being like this is awful (laughs) like legit awful like i know it's like they're doing it on purpose but it's like ugh. I, i i was wondering how you handled that as a kid and like like how you feel about that sort of complicated relationship around online communities. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's maybe one reason, you know, something awful of course led to 4chan and led to this and led to that. And mm-hmm. all these different places have they're they're not like black and white, good or bad. It's just that, you know, America is kind of a place where the suburban minds get in these cauldrons. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and shit goes wrong. <laughs> But I think I think that's one reason why I don't, I don't really want to have a community. That's why my one reason my comments are off. Like they were, it was it was nice. People made like cute jokes and stuff, and it was it was nice. I, I appreciated them. But I was at a certain point. It's like I don't if if I, I don't like the idea of fandom or communities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
and, and, and except as like as, as a means to get money maybe one day but you know no new friends that's right yes <laughs> that's how i feel no we were talking about it that's like yeah i feel like one one foot in one one and one foot in the other like even when i was a kid i was like I'm like, I play softball and work at the library and like, you know, I'm normal. <laughs> like, you know, I contain multitudes, like, but at the same time, like the internet is where all the manga comes out weekly and I can read it instantly. Right. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> all my friends who like manga are on there and like, I don't have any friends at school who like it really, you know? <laughs> so it's just like, it like fandom I have a complicated relationship with because like, yeah, fandom is what like helped me meet a lot of like, yeah, my close friends. But for, for me personally, it was coupled with like meeting them in real life as well. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and I think that that is kind of key because, because these communities can get so toxic so quick and yeah. it's scary. And I think with something awful in 4chan, it almost was um, like, it is interesting in that there was, I mean, there would be 4chan meetups, but they were always so like. <gasps> oh, I remember looking when they started doing the Scientology protest, I was looking at yeah. the thread about it and looking at all the pictures of the people. And I was like, I was like. Oh, cool! There's a cool, cool girl wearing a gas mask. And then, then the girl was made into a bunch of memes and, yeah. like, you know, probably doxxed and fucking dragged yeah. and like, ugh, nightmare, nightmare. But I understand the like anti-community stance in a certain way. Where uh, we also, before we were recording talked about like i never wanted to join facebook because it used your real name mm -hmm. um and that the like i mean the anonymity that that brings out the beast also like has a really um i think it still is very powerful for for people to be able to like be subversive as well i mean whatever that's like it's well it's just hard for the left to do that because when the left does that like even like you have to have really good security sec or else um like or security sec <laughs> you know you know what i mean you have to have good net sec you have to like um be super super anonymous and to the point where you're not as visible as the right wing anonymous which doesn't get policed in the same way mm. um so the the naturally 4chan was captured by the right because if it if it actually started to to challenge like um power from the from the left whether it's like get scientology to be taxed like that to me is a left project like that's sure <laughs> or like whatever yeah. um it, yeah i think i think it had to be recuperated into the it, firmly into the right wing um sorry we're kind of going on the <laughs> it's okay <laughs> fucking 4chan 4chan tangent i am curious about what you think about um identity and you know we've already talked about like kind of ownership of um of of stuff even though you're you're using a bunch of copyrighted things i think your art is still very distinctively your art like you would use your name sometimes right but and and you don't really you know put your face out there or stuff like that I, I kind of try to compartmentalize my real life and my internet life. I'm, I'm so old. That's how I am. So. That's awesome. <laughs> 
Right. That's good. That's good for you. Oh, it's really good. Like it, it's, I think, you know, yeah, it's, I, it's, it's important. Like now, I don't know. Have you ever seen the um, documentary We Live in Public? No, I don't think so. It's about this like early internet, uh, like capitalist guy. Um, he was like kind of like the first person who like monetized like uh, pornography on the internet. Oh, I was going to say, did he make pets.com? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he, he would do these like insane um, experiments um, through like art money hmm. or whatever. Um he ha- uh, he he made like a bunker in Soho and 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 like a bunch of art people like agreed to live in the bunker and they like they like agreed to like um give their full name social security be subject to like uh uh like psychological tests and like all this like shit wow um and like be be recorded the whole like the whole time and stuff like that and this was in like the 90s or late 90s or early 2000s um, so it was like before the rise of like Facebook where people would just like eventually would just do that, you know, right. he, he kind of figured out that like people would be willing to give up their, um, their data very easily. I, I feel like a lot of like the worst aspects of the internet instantly took hold and it was no longer this like utopian, uh, whole earth catalog, right. uh, open source, um, <laughs> all of that got shut down. Um, pretty quick after after that. Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine being born like a generation later and having my entire life on the internet from the beginning, and having everything you know, my family, everything be, be it would be wild. Like I was lucky. My um, my sisters are ten years younger than me, and so uh, from really about like age six on, their lives were entirely documented on Facebook. Um, I was of the generation that like felt very like, oh, you never give your name online. That's the like, <laughs> and, uh, and, and kind of saying like, you know, are they going to, you know, is it really okay to do this? Are they going to feel okay about it? And it's like, well, it's not your kids. So, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I can't say, but, but then like kind of talking to them now, they're just starting college and, they're like, yeah, no, I kind of wish that that didn't. <laughs> I think it's why they that that generation got very attached to Snapchat. Um, mm-hmm. Although it would disappear, yeah, because it would disappear, yeah. And of course, it was all fake. Like it didn't really disappear. No, it yeah. never right. disappears. But uh, um, I think about like a certain generation of kids who under who are going to be, I think, more accepting of scandal in their peers. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they know that it's like not necessary, like in, cause again, we were the last people who were able to like, not have everything on blast since, you know, all of my middle school opinions. No one needs to see right. that. No one needs to see my posts from the penny arcade forums, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> and how, how many times is there some sort of Twitter discourse of the day? And it turns out it's a 16 year old saying something, you know, exactly. there's, there's no point to that, you know? Yeah, so much of cancel culture is like it's seen as this big powerful monolith and it's like it's 15-year-olds who like are really literally just trying to figure out what they're saying themselves, you know. <laughs> yeah. I definitely have some, you know, uh, dipshit racist sexist moments in my videos <laughs> that are, you know, 10 right. 15 years old, yeah. but it's yeah. not like I'm like I don't have my childhood on there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a different thing. 
That's true. Yeah, that is very different. I don't know if you were ever worried that like white people would consume your videos in like a weird racist way because that's just like how so much of the internet was mm. or like how you felt about that. I mean, I, I, I'm literally voicing a fucking monkey, so, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's crossed my mind, <laughs> but I, I can't really be worried about that too much, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, I'm also like thinking about your um, semi-autobiographical like list of black characters on Friends song. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like... <laughs> Which, to like, okay, so like, there's all of these like, um, net art like outlets like Rhizome or Dis Magazine, um, and 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 like, there's all these like art and technology spaces in New York City mm-hmm. that, um, you know, they they talk like academically about like supercuts or like, um, memes or whatever, right. um, and. Like, yet I I always think about um, how your stuff um, references these, like, genres. Like, um, I'm also thinking about, like, your early, like, um, Sonic Sonic 1 on easy mode, like, (laughs) parody of a a Let's Play. What year did you – what year was that? That had to be – I mean, that was a something awful Let's Play. So that was, you know, from the inventions of Let's Play. So that's got to be, like, 2008. 2010 maybe i don't know oh my god yeah that's what we were asking we were like is this the first lesson i mean no <laughs> but is it <laughs> yeah <laughs> what if though? it's the first parody of a let's play and probably one of the most successful ones because you truly understand genre in and out you really do like the way like for people who don't know like look that up because it's so funny it's like it's just like a video of you know playing through sonic but it's like jazz accompaniment and just like, like audio, like it's an audio commentary track of like, you know, this is what the set, like this is, you know. (laughs) That was very fun. I wanted to do more of those kind of thing, but I I was, that was the situation where it's just, I was just so lucid for that one video. that it's like, okay, that just worked. (laughs) That's like, yeah. When the spirit, like the Quaker spirit possesses you or you start speaking in tongues or something. That's yeah. It just came came to you. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, so like you always have this like flourish that I feel like sets your work apart. Like, um, your, your supercut of the black characters on friends, like, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, to me is just such a, like, it's like, it's so hyper specific, but then you like make this whole language around it where like your character is like the C-Lab 2021 (laughs) guy. And, and like it, yeah, and like the, then there's just this mouth, mm-hmm. and and then the mouth becomes every character. It's so weird. That that video is from Muhammad Ali in space. It's a very old cartoon. It's very weird. Wow, oh, is that what it was? Okay, I thought it was. Maybe I'm getting a. Uh, there's a different C Lab. You know, I, I was thinking of C Lab and Adult Swim is when I was making yeah. it. So you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, to me, I'm like, oh, you should have just been on Adult Swim. Like, you should have just gotten that big check. Yeah. I'm like, why didn't you get that big check? Mm. Like, what? Like, but like, as you're talking and saying that, like, you're uh, very wary of like fandom and community, it makes it makes more sense to me that that you're more reserved. Um, uh, But, you know, 
I would love to see your work like contextualize in um, a gallery, <laughs> like or and like <laughs> sure, we're making this fun. happen, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you know some of like uh, Baby Castle's <laughs> NYU people, right? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been in an art show? Have I been in an art show? Uh, Recently or ever? You know? No, I want to know ever. Well, because you, I mean, I assume you went to school for one semester. That probably. yeah, that's something. Probably been in a show. I, I don't remember. I probably. <laughs> I, I think. I think somebody asked me to use it for their art show a while back and paid me mm. something for it. So they probably. I I, I, nice. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so long ago. Listen. I dragged you on this fucking podcast because I want to canonize you academically. We're bringing you right to the top, baby. <laughs> I, I have like no, I have like zero, I have zero sway in that world. Like I'm just, I was literally like blacklisted from like the the most popular like um, fine art magazine in, in New York is probably Art Forum and I worked for them. But then I like, uh, I got on their, they had like a huge like sexual harassment scandal and I, <laughs> got on their bad mm-hmm. side during it um uh being you know vocally against uh their handling of it uh <laughs> so i'm very much like i like work at a i like before um covid i worked at like a thrift store after i got fired from that you know <laughs> like <laughs> but i but i would love to put you in a in a weird little um show in a um you know former thrift store uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You, you, you still firmly keep it as a hobby. It's, I mean, but part of it is just you know, mm-hmm. life just gets in the way. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. personal family issues yeah. stuff gets in the way. Can't really do everything I want to do. You know, so um, there are all these hurdles to like being part of these worlds. Like you know, I I'm a big fan of um, the artist behind Corey in the Abyss. Um, he's a really interesting person, uh, Jensen Leonard. He literally, he went to Pratt to get an MFA and, and he like only made memes. <laughs> My point is you, sh- you shouldn't have to get these big fucking degrees, um, to, uh, you know, be an artist. <laughs> yeah. There, there, there's a thin line between, you know, negative land and just being a shit poster. So sure. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. I think it's also though, like there's a difference I see in the art made by people who kind of were of like came out of that culture and people who um, like, I remember trying to read Kill All Normies. Uh, oh, it's like, bad. And I, it was just like very immediately like, oh, you are just like taking all of these people at their word and you have no idea what any of these spaces were actually like. Um and so that Topher, do you know this book, Kill All Normies? It's it's it was like one of the first like kind of academic books about 4chan. I've heard about right. it, yeah. And the all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Angela Nagel also then just continued to be have, reactionary. <laughs> have some really crappy takes. Um and but there there is a phenomenon within the art world too where it's fascinated by certain aspects of like I mean, I guess maybe like we're indignant because because <laughs> it's like the, you know, all the kids who were smoking cloves in high school who like, like, wow, weird horse girls over there, like, mm-hmm. but <laughs> online version. But the, uh, and now are like, you know, like uh, 
copying old manga frames and then Jeanette Hayes can we just say it like (laughs) seriously so these are artists sorry this is so stupid like inside New York City bullshit Topher and I'm sorry but this is like this is like kind of the point of of being on our show this is what makes our show unique is that um we just we're obsessed with kind of like tearing down these like artificial barriers to entry to art mm-hmm. um because we're you know we're like communists and we're like trying to take the market out of art like that's right. like the the point is to not ha- have to be reliant on the the market to make art so then you see people when you see people like very cynically like um you know just wholesale cashing in on other people's labor um w- which is it's a very fine line between like um doing like conceptual um like you know uh cap like art term appropriate appropriation um uh collage work um and then like just putting like, up some instagram like, on the wall you know <laughs> exactly yeah or, yeah oh, or yeah. um what's his, yeah richard the, prince richard prince yeah. who did yeah. that and yeah exactly and making millions and millions of dollars <laughs> like it's so much money it's crazy yeah. <laughs> there's something similar between I guess the art world and the world of like commercial media that there is yeah. a this invisible force of legitimization right there can be people who have say worked on their own comics their own music over the years and you know they've done all this different stuff and they suddenly get the most compliments ever when oh you're working on Superman now cool awesome that's the best oh. thing I've ever heard yeah good for you and yeah, it's you know, it's a combination totally. of being happy for them because they're getting paid but also mm-hmm. it's like you know it, it's kind of like oh oh sudden so now you you've been canonized you're you're part of this world now mm-hmm. so that's good yeah but you you uh, you avoid that but you say, and you say part of it is just like you know other obligations in your life um, which you know. It, there's a lot of structural barriers to for to I'm not I'm not some like pure stuff. artist I'm uh, yeah I'm not some like pure moral artist or something you know No but that's Absolutely. the thing it's like it's it's always kind of uh it's it's always hazy um especially for people who like I mean, especially now, because you can't like you can't just... escape it. I mean, it's like we have a Patreon for our podcast, and we're you know, yeah, <laughs> anti-capitalist, and it's yeah. Well, and, and no... it's also you can't. Um, I don't know, God. Like, I I, I moved to school in uh, two thousand eight, and so it was just like endless mm. stories from professors in New York being like, oh yeah, we all just like worked three days a week or no, three days a month doing construction work. And then I could afford like Rent. my East village apartment. But you have to, you have to like, I mean, I, um, I come from a comics background. And so when I was assisting for people in, in these shared studios, it's, it's like all of specifically. Yeah. Like DC Marvel, your DC Marvel stuff pays for your weird little like fantagraphics uh, side project. That you get like two thousand dollars for. Yeah, yeah. And for then, like eighty right. to a hundred pages or yeah. more. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's not a it's. it's and on the opposite idea. side of that, you know, it's like a f- furry art pays for your regular art, right? Oh, for sure. Lot of people live that way. You yeah. Fetish art or porn art or you know, so. 
I have so much respect for, yeah, like, because that actually, well, we've talked on the podcast. Yeah, I made a zine, like, in, like, yeah, I made a zine in, like, 2015 that was called Further Affinity, and it was, like, Mm -hmm. inviting all of, like, my kind of, like, non-internet art friends to make, like, furry art. It was, like, a mix Mm -hmm. of, like, my furry friends I know who are furries and then uh, other, like, and I wanted to, like, mix them together, basically, and um and and like be like this is like this whole world that like pays really well and like really respects like different art styles and stuff like that yeah yeah (laughs) so with your um uh funky kong asmr to me it's like a little (laughs) bit of a fan it 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 is like a fan arts type thing and it it makes sense that that you you know you you have this asmr channel but it also makes sense that you're like um gonna you're gonna make a video game about it Right. It's it's a very weird game. It's it's. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to make sort of an ultra fanfic. It's gonna be oh, I'm sorry. so much nonsense. I'm, it's gonna be. We're getting be... hot flashes. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's like so great. funny. It's already so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I have no mouth and I must scream for the first time. Did you say it was gonna be a point and click? Did someone see it? It's uh. It's like a. What I'm trying to say, visual novel sort of thing. Point and click elements will oh, be perfect. in mm-hmm. some yeah, mini yeah. games. Mm-hmm. Mini That's games. so exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I saw your Twitter post about some of the things, but you, you know, um, tell please talk more about it. The, the the concept of the game is sort of that you are going into this world where video game characters are alive. Shut up! Sorry. And it's <laughs> like, but. Everything is canon within there about video game characters coming to life. So, you know, Captain N or Tron or Reboot or things like that are in there. You know, Kingdom Hearts is real. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's it's also, you know, it's just like a partially a sequel to the Super Mario Brothers movie. So yes. <laughs> there's that element to it. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, you're just saying this right now and I'm realizing... That sorry that uh, that game master Anthony really was <sighs> Ready Player One before we were ready for before I mean nobody it's wanted a more ready pure one, uh, pure like, is the wrong yeah. word it's a more wholesome Ready Player One yeah it's real <laughs> Ready Player One you even you wrote you talked about that tell tell yeah tell us yeah. more yeah, about like what like the differences of this between like this and like and how you feel about Ready Player One. Ready Player One is is really weird because it's sort of like the if everything, all fandom was sort of marvelized, right? It's not like a yes. real internet place. Yeah. I, there, no. there's, there, there's a part to Ready Player One where you could believe that from the way things are going now, that everybody in the future would somehow still be stuck on a bunch of old media forever. <laughs> that part I can believe. But the, the element of it where... There's, there's people. It's, it, Ready Player One is insane to me. There's, there's, there's the corporate element to the, to the movie itself, where people are walking around with a bunch of like Battleborn characters because that was part of the marketing deal. So it's like, yes. why would they, <laughs> why would yeah. they even be there? But that? that, but on the other hand, the internet <laughs> is weird like that. So people probably would have Battleborn characters at the same time. You know what I mean? The, the, the fakest part of Ready Player One is that there's only one Sonic the Hedgehog. To me, that's the thing. Absolutely, things. yeah. Fucking exactly. bullshit. There's, there's no, you know, there's no fan <laughs> characters. There's no original art. It's all just I'm, I'm the Iron Giant. 
you know. You really understand, yeah, the kind of psyche of the internet. That the, the whole Ernest Klein, he's what a mess. I can. <laughs> There's no gem sonas. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's not, or it's not just like Steven Spielberg's little favorite things from yeah. the 80s or whatever. <laughs> he's, a, he's all my favorite stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's very exciting that, um, is this like, is this going to be like your kind of first actual like interactive media piece? Like game? I made a couple of games before. Oh really? I made a game. Uh, I haven't seen. I've made some small games. I I, I want I want a con a game contest with something awful. Really? Oh. For this game called This Cat Is Horseshit, <laughs> which is kind of like an uh, arcade game uh-huh. where you have to take care of Satan's pet cat. And he's like Aww. fucking up the house and everything. I think I might remake that someday. <laughs> That'd be oh, I'd love to see it. Yeah. But I've made some small games here and there. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I I. I I gotta look it up, you know, as the future Tashen writer of your yeah. <laughs> of your art coffee table book. Um, <laughs> I have to find all this media <laughs> and archive it for future generations. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I'm serious because because I'm like you know because the thing is like your your work is so funny. Like I literally like cry laughing watching your stuff, which I really don't do with that many. No, they were crying before <laughs> this. Sorry to crying, put you on laughing. blast, but it's so <laughs> funny because you like you're tapped into this like perfect like niche of like you're like an encyclopedia of like this really um, particular like way of like embracing everyone's really freak shit on the internet, but not in like a you're not making fun of cringe, which pisses yeah. me the fuck off when people like are obsessed with cringe and shit. Um, cringe compilations. I kind of like those, the cringe it, compilations. Anyway, but it's like, sorry, I, no. yeah. like I respect the, yeah. the I, I respect the cringe, you know, yeah. I respect it so much. And I, I feel, uh, I feel like your work, like, like the, the Goslin simple and clean remix, um, it's like, it's not exact, it's not admonishing of like weirdo, uh, Goslin fans, you know, and it, to me, it's like, a um, mm. I, 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 mean, <laughs> I know, it, I, yeah, okay, like, okay, is, come on, okay. It is, yeah. it is, but like, uh, to me, it's, it's still like, there's an element to that, I mean, you know. I mean, it's definitely there, or like your, your, your Garfield video, it's definitely there too, but it's like, it runs. To me, it rides a line, okay? It's not sure, like, sure. it's not full on cynical irony, and it's not full on sincerity either. That's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Well, there's not like hatred in it, I guess. That's, sure, I agree with that. Yeah. Here's the thing, right? In the Goslin <laughs> video, I'm using real people's fan art of adult yes. Goslin. I mean, yes. So it's not like there's zero, you know, mocking to it. It's, there, there is an element of cruelty to that. When I made it, <laughs> yeah, it's know. a little mean. But it's not like I'm, I'm not trying to do like weekend web on something awful or like you right. know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's just like you just take a look at this stuff. I try to, you know, separate it from things. It's, it's sort of, I, I've heard somebody describe it as like psychic damage comedy. Yeah. Where yes. it's like, it's not so much making fun of other people, it's like it's messing with some. It's because of the thing you know in your head. Oh my god! Wow. No, that's where I'm trying to hit. You are you are yeah. definitely inflicting psychic damage, <laughs> but in the the best way possible. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's exactly in a it. Sa- in a, like yeah. a kind sure. of safe 
way in like yeah. a way that's not like I mean it not to say not to say like your work isn't like challenging, but to me it's more funny than it is like biting commentary, you know, or like it's not like political, you know. Yeah. It like people want like I'm saying, like people want to like write off the narrative of like, yes, something awful was just this and mm-hmm. the and the internet boards were just this and that's it. And like um if people were to see your work, they'd see that like, th- yeah, actually this is like, a li- there was some like, you know, it wasn't all insane alt writers, you know? Yeah. I can see that. Although like that, that legacy of being edgy edgelord teenagers is like, of course still present. <laughs> <laughs> um, you talked about like being in suburbia because like, I think that's kind of who had access to computers back then. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, you're either like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever low or high end of the middle class you're on, you're still more likely to have a computer than uh, of a lot of people in the cities or, or who, you know, who don't have ac- access in their home, maybe have access to school, but right. stuff like that. And yeah. Then- everybody either has a stepdad who uh, gave them their old computer or like sold tomatoes door to door. So <laughs> like the... <laughs> So half <laughs> half of them are gonna be. <laughs> Sorry, you can't. There's you something. Getting? There's something so weird about that suburban computer culture. I remember mm-hmm. computer shows. That was mm-hmm. so weird. You just go to like a big conference center or somewhere, and people are just selling like bootleg CD-ROMs and floppy disks and stuff. And it just yeah. It's just like it's like a gun show, except for for just computer yes. software and hardware. It's really really a weird small American piece of culture that I don't think yeah. It's, it's all about fries. Mentioned that much anymore. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. It, and and like learning software, like my um my partner has a funny story about like being a a, a young kid on the internet where he was like trying to make um a website but he couldn't like access the internet so he just like made the whole website like and and like made it in like powerpoint or something so you're just like playing with all this stuff <laughs> like just whatever you can get your hands on sort of joey yeah. <laughs> you know? oh my god i didn't know that wow incredible jo- uh, joey was like a little computer um computer kid uh, as well like it it was a it was a thing in mm. pe- especially you know if you feel like kind of isolated the internet was kind of a place for like misanthropes too. I feel like um, if, yeah, if like, uh, yeah, you're not good I think at, there, there hasn't really been a bigger loss for creativity than the loss of like Adobe flash. Oh my God. Yeah. The, the idea that you could just have something and just be able to click on it instantly and have it come up and that be this entire multimedia experience that, that the fact that you, that, that has just been lost and it's just, it's so depressing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember all day Joey was like saving Flash stuff. Well, I was going to say there was such a mad scramble yeah. to try and preserve all of these all of these works that like are. And, That's what I'm saying. As a librarian, as an archivist, yeah. I do think about this shit. Yeah. Like how people like they. Yeah. Like similar to like Namjoon Pike. So Namjoon Pike's like the the one of the OG video artists who would use like a bunch, like a stack of CRTs to make a, a big video collage. And it's like all these studio, all these, um, not studios, like museums need to like catalog the specific models of the TVs mm-hmm. and like the tubes uh, to replace the, when they go bad mm-hmm. and um, all this shit. And I'm wondering like how much of that is actually happening for <laughs> like, 
the I don't know what what like type of computer did you use when you were younger? Oh, I'm I'm very old, so I probably used to like a Commodore sixty four. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like my first computer. Yeah, make little basic programs and stuff like that. But it was like all in your. I think at that point it was. Um, I know crazy hot take. Um, the internet used to be, or like programming and stuff was more about like actually making your own thing instead of just injecting Facebook into your veins and whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but we, we really true. could get back to a better internet where everything's not just on three websites. It's not like impossible. Or here's but the it's, three it websites. Take a lot of work though. Tripod, Angel Fire, and GeoCities. Yep. That's it for what, everyone. What do you yeah. think of um of NeoCities? Have you seen it? Yeah, it's pretty neat. I think I'm going to make a website there some days. It's, it's, it's kind of just, I, I love the idea of it. Just having something so simple out there. I think everybody really needs to have more of their own individual identity as opposed to trying to just feed everything into this trough. It would it, it, be nice. I do feel like people are kind of exiting um, stuff not like super quickly or anything but like people are sick of it like you, you know um just the like home page is coming back I the, do, the I right agree. the yeah. right thing has to pop up i mean like i like you know when i was in college tumblr was a big thing and i was very excited by it because I, I would really mo i only really had a tumblr for my art um and mm -hmm. it really made me it was a plat the last platform I remember that like made me like want to make gifts and want to um, just make make new stuff and and not just like regurgitate like everything. And uh, a platform hasn't made me feel like that for a really long time since like Tumblr was bought by Yahoo. Oh. Um, and yeah, so I totally agree with you that it would be nice to 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 figure yeah figure out how to bring back that sort of thing i wonder if it'll it'll have to have a mobile element because that's how so many people interface with the internet now is just through phone i keep thinking that my my ideal form as an artist or a creator or whatever you want to call it would just to literally be the holodeck from star trek oh. just create whatever i want all the time straight from my mind <laughs> and talking with other holodecks and bouncing ideas off them and stuff like that that's that's like the good version of the singularity that will never happen exactly and that's the thing like they always i always like they they really pulled their punches on the holodeck episodes of star trek um or like the <laughs> possibilities were so endless and it would just continually be like what if i was in a lounge you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so, yeah, they really, uh, what if I had this food? And it's like, bitch, you could have like a mountain of that food. Yeah, Barclay did nothing <laughs> wrong. Uh. <laughs> Star Trek really does have a limited sort of idea of utopia. It's kind of like just, I don't know. Star Trek seems like a bunch of people have sort of uh, 80s and 90s Star Trek, I'll say, mm -hmm. to a degree. Uh, let's let's say it, the next generation. Okay, yeah. <laughs> let's just say it specifically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seems more like uh, sort of like a I don't know Protestant atheists if that's a thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so it seems very like yeah. like churchy and yeah. it's, it's kind of like some kind of new age idea to it. Even though it's kind you know everybody's on this weird like casual cruise ship relaxing and everything. <laughs> I like the show a lot. It's it's but you know it's 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 
its imagination is very limited by its budget and by its writing staff. I agree mm. entirely. Um, I I do think it's interesting um, that Next Generation was kind of the last of the Star Treks that had that had the Gene Roddenberry like specific like we want to show. Well, it was unique even in Star Trek where they were like, we want conceptually to have a show where people are not having conflict, which is kind of an insane act. Yeah. Um, and that I was, respect it so much for that. Right. I do respect but, the optimism that but, then yeah. like everything is now like, I like, of course I like deep space nine, obviously, but, the, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it, it now is like maybe because it set the trend or it copied Babylon 5 in order to set the trend of just the like most cynical takes. And yeah, I was actually talking with my dad about this where he was he's a big uh, Kim Stanley Robinson fan. And Kim mm. Stanley Robinson's another guy who's like, I absolutely refuse to not have like a better future. Sorry, we're going into sci-fi now hours. we're getting in. Yeah, um, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you like to read, Topher? Yeah. Uh, not a big reader. <laughs> oh, honestly, me too. I, what, I, I uh, what about like comic books? I read, so, I read so much comic books. Uh, I, I, you know, I like old Silver Age comic books. Oh, I like no. lots of different kinds of manga. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a huge manga person. Yeah, there's there's so there's so many. I, I wish I wish American comics had the infrastructure of the manga industry. Yes, without, I not not like the you know exploitation yeah. <laughs> yes. but like the idea that you could just that you could go anywhere and get so many kinds of genres mm-hmm. so I, easily yes. oh my gosh yeah. oh for sure i think about this all the time like cause growing up i would i would go to um a book off there's a, a japanese chain called book off and there's one in new york city and it's a used japanese bookstore and i was always so mad that the japanese comics were only a dollar and the uh, yeah. English editions were like you know eight dollars or more, and um, yeah. and 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 so then I I actually like researched that a little bit when I was a kid because <laughs> I I was like a huge manga nerd. I used to be part of um, the Tumblr for this uh, Japanese obscura blog called Same Hat. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm like I'm a big uh, manga nerd, but. Um, yeah, and it's and and it made me really think about, about um, uh, political economy because uh, the in Japan they actually have um, a much better recycling system and they actually like can have uh, paper production. So it's like if if you can recycle correctly and um, you know have a yeah. lower cost for for paper and printing amazing. Like one of the, I'm print. I, so I studied printmaking in school and um, yeah, Japanese paper stuff is like, you know, top notch. There's just so much you can do um, like the whole, um, but even besides like the whole uh, manga genre, like that, that spans so many different genres um, is the, like the fan, the fan uh, zine culture, the, the doujinshi culture. Uh, where right. people can just produce that stuff themselves. Um, did have you ever like really uh, gotten into like any of like printed works, like stuff like that? Uh, I think my I, there's so many things that I there's it's weird because mm-hmm. there's that relationship between like scanlations and official localizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some stuff will 
some I have so many manga that I'm like a huge fan of that will never be printed for some re- one reason or the other. Oh, know? spill! What's some of your favorites? Yeah. Uh, let's see. There, there. I think there was a printing of this one, like uh, Hakume and Makochi. <gasps> Obsessed with it! Oh my god, they just. Oh my god, it just came out. Like, like um, some of the volumes. I think they're on like volume four, mm-hmm. but I read the scanlations too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the show. I like the manga. It's good. It's it's very cute. It's just sort of like a, a David the Gnome for very like chill adults, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's how I would describe it. Yeah, I'm. Um, uh, I love it. It's like so, Sarah. It's like a yeah. I don't know it. Sorry, guys. Um, it's like about really tiny. It's like little Thumbelina type. Uh, oh, that shit. sounds great. <laughs> but it talk it it talks so much about craft. It's so much about craft because like the two main characters, they just kind of have this like um, uh, kind of like idealized kind of cottage life um, where they like make everything themselves like. Oh, and yeah. um, And one of them is a carpenter and like, of course, is there's a carpenter's union. They're they're (gasps) a tiny carp. So they're like all doing tiny, tiny Japanese (laughs) joinery. On yeah. the table. Oh That's God, exactly what it up. is. That's the thing. It's like, a weasel. A weasel is the. Um, you can't like compete with an island nation that also like has a national box maker. Right. Like, like, <laughs> like a, yeah. a state funded dude who's making lunch boxes. Uh, yeah. I can see like, yeah. America, we just like, we, if we ever had a craft culture, it's like it's the it's, shakers. They don't yeah. fuck. It's like they're but it's, it's gone too, yeah. and it's like just so gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, and and so there's something really appealing about Hakame Mikochi. Um, All right, I'm gonna. I'll put it on it's my list. so good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a great pull. I also really like the magazine that's that's published in. There's like a couple of different things that they publish that mm. are all really good, and I'm the name is escaping me right now, but like. When I realized when I realized that a bunch of stuff was coming out of that magazine, that's because that's kind of how I like find new stuff that I like. Is I'm like, oh, who like what Japanese magazine publishes this like thing I really like, mm. and then I look up the <laughs> magazine and and then read the other series in the magazine. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just it's so different than that when I was a kid. You know, to, to see kids today and they can just go either on that and you know on a phone or mm. literally go buy a huge copy of Shonen Jump at Walmart or something. It's oh. just like a totally different universe. Totally. It was yeah. so rare when we were growing up. It was it was yeah. <laughs> it took me two days to torrent and one episode of Bleach. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like me living the good life. We got broadband <laughs> like <laughs> But yeah, I guess my two favorite genres of manga and anime are just would be just Yashike, sort of healing. Mm. So stuff like, you know, Yokohama Shopping Trip or Flying oh, Witch mm-hmm. or stuff like that. Yes. Yes. And then I just, you know, have I have the 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 idiotic Isekai obsession. I'm so obsessed with this this the idea is so trashy. Oh well. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> Well, it's also, we've talked about that. I don't think we've talked about it on the pod before, but we've had conversations about how it's a, it's a really fascinating genre because it was, it was a shoujo trope that then in the past 10 years, like really shonenified and now it's like everywhere. But uh, there's really something culturally weird about the idea that 
with the, the you know a fantasy story didn't have to have a death to get to the other world yeah. every single time. Yeah. So something about your your miserable capitalist life is so miserable. Yes. That you know getting hit by a truck is preferable to your life. Yeah. As opposed to you know oh, I'm going through a portal I'm going back and forth this and that. You right. Know, there's, there's still some of that but it's it's, it's really weird. It's, no, it's totally, to- yeah, we, we also, I think on one of maybe the first episodes I was on in the pod, we talked about teenagers are really, they're the weird teenager new age cult, right? Not, well, maybe like last year was uh, called like reality shifting or uh, shifting TikTok. And have you um, ever encountered these children? <laughs> I've, I've seen them. Yes. Yeah. It, well, it's basically <laughs> like, I'm going to like, I'm going to lucid dream myself into thinking that I'm an isekai main mm-hmm. character. But it, but even that, like, it has this much more sinister tone than something like, I don't know, uh, Fushigi Yugi, where you, uh, it's, it's that you're stuck at home with your fucking parents all the time now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you're, and things are bad. And, like, things yeah. are just, you have no yeah, future. Yeah, like, objectively worse for yeah. Have you have you seen the, the the newer stuff? This like cheat codes for life, like say this string of numbers out loud and oh, you'll get rich or whatever. Yes. It's so weird. Oh, Those are great. The God. yeah, or angel numbers. Um. <laughs> Fascinated by it. Yes, yeah, incredible. And it's totally related because it's all about. It's what's the my favorite title of them is like the I brought my smartphone into another universe. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I still it's like tulpa tulping. It's just tulpa. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised there hasn't been a manga or an anime. I say I pronounce that so weird. <laughs> a manga or anime adaptation of uh, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court, which is like the oh. old school isekai, basically. You know what I mean? Well, I was gonna like okay. Exist. I was gonna recommend. Um, do you know about Other Side Picnic or Isekai Picnic? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and you know it's based on a Soviet novel. Like, oh right, the stalker. The, other, I think it is yeah. just called Other Side Picnic or well, whatever. But the, what, the but the movie is called Stalker. Yes, That's correct, correct. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so that 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 trajectory is very fascinating for sure. Oh wait, um, and that's the one that's like a lesbian romance, right? Oh yeah, a lot yeah. of them are. <laughs> a lot of them are. I'm also thinking of what's the one with the two girls who drive around in the tank? Oh god, oh. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one's really good it got an amazon um anime it's uh fuck and uh i don't know what you're talking about our friend beatrice erkowitz actually wrote about it it's a really good one it's it's like um it's a post-apocalyptic um like oh yeah here it is oh no but this is the um shoujo shumatsu ryoko but I don't know the English version. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, it's yeah. It's hmm. like it's just about like two girls who ride around in in a tank at the end of the world, and and just try to like survive. Um, and they enc- they do encounter people sometimes. Um, I guess like post apocalyptic is very different than isekai. Um, but it is. Uh, but I guess what I got onto that was because it is a, like lesbian pairing, <laughs> and so is Hakamemi Kochi also. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's something interesting going on um, in in a lot of like, yeah, Japanese genre. Like even even the harem genre, like a you know very male gazy. Um, not always though. Like Fushigi Yugi was mm-hmm. the other way around. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, I'm thinking of like Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid is like a really popular. Um, there's 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 something that's so weird. I, mm-hmm. I keep saying the word weird <laughs> about how Americans have now sort of adapted like Japanese nerd psychosis when it comes to fetish. Mm. Uh, like they they obsessed with every, like you know. This stuff that's not, it's not like it's Japanese as a cultural thing, like nas- nationally, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But it's just sort of this nerd thing within manga mm-hmm. that is now sort of every little aspect, every little, there's because the, the, the tropes are so solidified. Exactly. Yeah. To yes. such a degree. And you're so good at identifying trope and genre that, yeah, it makes sense that you have this analysis of it because that's exactly what's, the, yeah, you're totally nailing what, I, what I'm trying to ramble on and say. Like, is yeah, they've um, synthesized this shit down to a science almost, <laughs> where it's like, mm-hmm. uh, here's the tropes, give me the money, like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that that just everywhere though, they're like mm-hmm. in in American mm-hmm. and like uh, in the world of like romance and erotica writing for Amazon, mm-hmm. people, the audiences demand certain amounts of things in this and that, you know, certain amount of genre things. People in, who like Marvel movies, they want to have their terrible-looking fake Dragon Ball fight. Yes. You know, at the end of the movie right. for some reason. They want six scenes. There's, there's so many credit. different things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, it is, like, just paste. It's, like, slop. And, like, like because it's all um, put through the same extruder and comes out Elsa Spider-Man. Like, to me, is there that much of a distinction between, like, just making the Elsa Spider-Man stuff and the actual Elsa Spider-Man movies? <laughs> it's the problem with Ready Player One. Elsa and Spider Man aren't there. It's fake. <laughs> it's total fucking fake. It's so fake. And yeah, I think this also like materially makes sense that like Disney needed to buy Marvel. It mm-hmm. needs to like buy the things that start to like usurp it mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then absorb it. Marvel has totally Marvel as a, as a, a cinematic universe or whatever you want to call it has totally become the same thing as Marvel Comics to me. Mm-hmm. As in, mm-hmm. I cannot. I'm not interested in the crossovers or the big events right. in the least, but this all this small thing here, this, this is okay, you know, maybe. Yeah, right. honestly, I watched a <laughs> watched the New Mutants movie on the plane recent last week, um, and it like I think it got it got very much punished by the community um, for just not being about like not being about Hugh Jackman almost, and that it like. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I also like, God, sometimes I'm, I'm like a lot of comics people will, will, um, get on maybe more academic artists for having too much basically theory or lore or whatever. And I was like, I was just trying to read the Wikipedia article mm-hmm. for yeah. fucking like, what's her face? The, the main character in new mutants, uh, <laughs> Dan, I can't remember her name, but uh, (laughs) you're getting somewhere with like the fucking rabbit holes that we have to go through. (laughs) I was looking up one character, Wolfsbane, and it was nothing but just a list of other comics characters that she fucks through the 50 year history of this (laughs) character. And I was (laughs) right. But yeah, go go on. There's so so much now. There's it's okay. A lot of things about Marvel's Mac universe are so weird because it's like there's this sort of Netflixization of everything mm-hmm. where everything has to be readable on the phone mm-hmm. and the, like the Marvel movies 
the, what they do, they, they, you know, they scoop up an interesting indie director mm-hmm. and then they put them into this factory and they where they've already pre-vised out. Yeah. They, they've already pre-vised out all the special effects, everything interesting. And they've cast over this dishwater gray color grading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's, uh, you know, when you think about Marvel comics, like the craziest stuff is like, you know, these huge colorful, wild Jack Kirby images. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's almost like, I mean, Thor Ragnarok is the probably the closest thing that looks a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. But they really, you know, for oh, the most totally. part, it's just sort they, of, they, they're so obsessed looking serious. It's a flattening. Yeah, it's a total flattening of like any uh, craft or artsmanship. Like the other thing is that like it undercuts the unions because like the vi- the visual effects people aren't as likely to be unionized. So it, it instead of doing like better wardrobe or better lighting or better like fucking anything that makes a movie good, um, they just go for the cheapest option. And right. Yeah. Or you get into the point where like the Mandalorian was filmed on that. Like they basically invented an enormous like curved oval screen that then they can put the visual effects on so that, uh, you even have like less color grading work to do because like oh some God. of the, you know, because yeah, you're not, you're not bouncing off. Yeah. The uh, only innovation we get is like <laughs> stuff that cuts out artistry basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm so fascinated by that though. The Mandalorian, because it's, they're literally filming a television show in unreal engine. If this was somewhere you could go to like film the volume yourself, if this is, you could rent it out for a day. Dude, the West world, so the Mandalorian Westworld is coming, right? They try, they got it. They got star yeah, Wars land in, in Disney world. Oh my world. God. Yeah. Do you see? Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. That's got to be the future of culture. I, somebody on Twitter was talking about, don't you think it's a little weird that they basically have like Nazi shows at Disney World now? Because that's Because <laughs> 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 it's like, to, even like the morality of Star Wars, like, oh come God. on, guys. The, the, yeah. the that, that even that has been flattened into a like, why are things so polarized these days? You, <laughs> yeah. I'm part of the... <laughs> I'm, <laughs> Yeah, but, but that's just the thing, right? Like like we were talking about earlier, like legitimization of everything. Mm-hmm. Not just of, oh, your art, you're working with Marvel now, it's great. It's like, oh, your identity is being represented by Marvel now. Congratulations, you're a person now. Because Loki yeah. said he was bisexual in episode three or whatever, you know what yes, I mean? Yes, yes. And that was like, there's a, a, a an interview with Megan Fox, or like a, a not an interview, but <clears throat> basically this article about Megan Fox's return come she's like kind of coming back into the cultural sphere and she was talking about like yeah i really want to like do one of those marvel movies and she's like oh yeah that really like sticks it to him you know nobody respects you if you want to do marvel movies because you don't get a bafta award and it's like oh here's a great way to show them and it's like you i mean mad respect for megan fox but like <laughs> <laughs> that's not the answer. And I think that's like mm-hmm. what Marvel itself tries to um, ca- try to capture. Yeah. They've tried to position themselves as like, Oh, isn't it like we're the fun, low culture. We're not like those snobs. Uh, it, it's this weird two way street where mm. there's um, 
a lot of self-justification from both what considers itself high art and low art and then demonization of the other. And that's, I think, why it's always really good to see artists like yourself who are able to actually navigate those two places and understand that it's it's not even a spectrum. It's like it's kind of like what you're saying. It's a cauldron. Um, yeah, but it's, it's like Marvel and Star Wars and Fast and Furious. I, I like I like movies or TV shows from all of these things, mm-hmm. but they have they have eaten everything alive. There is no just like there, there's no middle ground for movies anymore. There's no like you can't make a twenty million dollar drama. Like mm-hmm. every everything that would have existed before a comedy or a drama or just something yeah. for adults is just instantly it goes to Netflix. Yeah, then, you know, everything's changed so much. Somebody was talking about like yeah, like you can't just have <clears throat> or everybody flips their shit when a movie like Knives Out comes out, and it's like this was just a normal movie thirty <laughs> years ago. Yeah, these came out like yeah. a couple times a year. <laughs> yeah, like just watch Death Becomes Her. Just I don't know, like. <laughs> It's so weird that everything has to be so branded. It just as long as it is a property that has existed previously, even mm-hmm. in some form, pe- people are now writing comic books because they're basically writing spec movies. Right? Mm-hmm. They don't care about the form of comics as an art form. No. Yes. They're just trying to get the yes. storyboard down so they You're can exactly pitch it right. later yeah. on. Well, and then it doesn't even matter if they are, because then like somebody comes in and is like, "Yeah, we're gonna make a Watchmen TV show." Uh, <laughs> we're gonna make a Watchmen yeah, movie, exactly. and then we're gonna make. Yeah, well, actually, the TV show was it. better than the movie, but yeah, exactly. Oh, fuck the TV show, also. <laughs> God damn. I mean, <laughs> ugh, it's all just sh- fucking schlock. But yeah, I, I one, I while we're still in the Marvel zone, like I've not seen WandaVision, but what's funny about it that it sounds like to me is that it's doing like a weird meta thing, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but it's like it, it's like falls so short because it's just it's just meta to be meta it's not like an actual critique of anything (laughs) yeah Uh, now i'm a person who one of my favorite genres of television is people who are inside of a television you know what i mean (laughs) so i I like stuff like stay tuned or pleasantville or stuff like that something like that so i'm i'm kind of into wandavision but of course you know in the end, WandaVision can't really be anything. It has to, in the end, just be a big CG city being destroyed while they have a cool energy fight. You know, they can't really actually right. solve any emotional issues. Like they, you know, <laughs> you know, it is kind of like these Marvel movies are are like sitcoms now, where they have to return to a, a baseline where then like somebody else can come in and make another crappy movie. Um, and uh, there's there's not even like the power of evolution for these <clears throat> for these characters anymore. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of why um anime and manga really captured our generation was because like like the other like there yeah, there was this flattening of of stuff and like the studios like while we were growing up like slowly got sucked in from like you know, having like hundreds to having like 20 to having like four. Yeah. <laughs> Similar to the web. The web did the same thing, right? We had, yeah. everyone had websites. Now there's three. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's like, if you encounter a space where there's like new stuff being like gen- generated, it, it like you're saying, it's now becoming tropey. But it's really exciting. Like right now, I'm really into Chinese wuxia, <laughs> like dramas. <laughs> just because, sure. Just because I love 
costumes so much. I like respect. I some of my best friends in college um, were in the costume department, and it really taught me how to respect like the, it as a as a really important part of like culture and like and about narrative design and yeah, that's yeah. actually one of the funny things about Star Wars is that like just always kind of had garbage writing the original series especially and uh but like the costuming on star wars has always been (laughs) like unsung heroes it's great they're like and in the prequels it's even better honestly yes yeah the cgi is bad but it's it's still good character design Mm -hmm. we we have reached a point now where george lucas this billionaire Mm -hmm. looks like a fucking genius auteur yes yeah <laughs> because his movies are so weird and they're, they're they're so idiosyncratic and eccentric and personal yeah compared to what could come out yeah. of jj abrams or whatever you know so yeah. it's 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 not they're good mm-hmm. but they're just actually interesting or you know and they're pre-planned yeah they, they aren't kind of going through a constant like i mean and that was the whole shit show of that third movie was it was like oh there's a really good um there's a really good YouTube account, I think called Sideways, but it's about there. He's like a music theorist, but specifically studies a lot of movie soundtrack stuff. And he had a fascinating video about literally the trailer for uh, the, the last Jedi. And he has a whole thing about how like the scoring of that entire trilogy displayed their ass and how how they did not know where they were going at all and it, by just looking through the mm. light motifs that were going on in in these commercials or in these in these trailers um so i mean yeah listeners go check that out but it, it it's but like yeah things need to bake things don't have to be super instant like and mm-hmm. you don't need like to be satiated all the time immediately yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, we we have, we have everybody has been successfully like nerdified and wiki minded, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what it is now. We 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 all do, don't really care about the emotion of a story. We only care about not even the narrative of a story. It's, it's just we want lore. Give me more lore. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or or and reference to like. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Or how, yeah, like I recognize that thing is now the replacement for something actually being funny. And I'm like so guilty of that. Look, <laughs> that's a huge part of my creative output. No, no, no. You're, that, you're doing you know? it a little smarter. <laughs> no, 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 but yeah. I'm not saying it is. But it what is, I'm saying yeah. is yeah. that. No, no, you're, you're using, you're utilizing that ref- referential humor in such a like idiosyncratic, that's such a good word for this, like. I always use like auteur, which is like really, Hell yeah. <laughs> why am I doing that? Let's go there. <laughs> but it's like you have, um, <laughs> you have an editorial vi- or vision or like you, you have um, a particular point of view that can sometimes be so hyper um, specific that it's, I, I just like lose my mind. Cause I'm like, like, Oh my God, this is, so many um, it's the psychic damage yeah Yeah, it's the psychic damage effect of it (laughs) (laughs) and i wonder i mean it's it's maybe it's our i wonder if your work is kind of generational yeah it's it's it it would be kind of interesting to see i would i would like to hear more people's opinions about your work because i think it, it it represents a really interesting cultural moment um in 
you know, um, American media history. Yeah, that's that's really why I wanted to talk to you on, on a show like this, where like we really think about art critically. <laughs> and sure. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I appreciate the kind words. It's very nice of you to say. Of course. Uh, and of course, you're you're welcome back on the show anytime if you just want to fucking talk about manga for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> why don't we start with that? Like, seriously. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I could just go on and on. But yeah, people should, I really encourage people, uh, our listeners in particular, to look um, at uh, Doc Future Topher Florence on um, Twitter and youtube because you wouldn't even really get to your twitter but like your the writing that you do on your twitter is right. so good that was the, the issue where <laughs> i realized like oh i've been following this person for years and i had no idea that he's the same guy who was also making these bananas videos um, i think that happens a lot people i get a lot of messages are you that doc future are you <laughs> oh my god yeah right yeah. yeah no it makes sense um but yeah, uh, it was really delightful to have you on the show. Um, it, uh, when can we expect the game? Can oh, we, yeah. <laughs> let's do like some journalism. Let's <laughs> it, it'll I it'll happen. On Steam. Um, it'll happen when it happens. Yeah, I, I, I will. I, hopefully this year. I'll say that. Okay. I have the entire thing sketched out planned out mm-hmm. oh my God. all i have to do and it's just basically at this point it's just asset creation you know we'll find you like babysitters if you need like yeah. uber if you need seamless <laughs> come like, on we're gonna, like seriously yeah. if uh, like we will invest like yeah. we will uh, <laughs> we will produce like <laughs> whatever you need if you need help with data entry yeah yeah uh-huh. <laughs> If you ever want to come to New York City, um, you can stay in my house <laughs> and uh, for free, and I will take you on the town, and we'll have such a grand old time. Please, I mean it. Come through. Um, it was really lovely to talk to you, and I just your work speaks to um, a particular type of person, and I'm exactly that type of person. We're everywhere. That's and the we reality. exist, yeah. and we're your um, <laughs> we're your viewers. We've been here for years. That's how you get almost a million views on a Funky Kong ASMR. Sure. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even get I didn't even yeah. get to that. Like, it kind of pisses me off that like places like Polygon or or Vice have like kind of. Um, like figured out how to monetize this that type of um parody or something mm-hmm. uh that kind of ugh. they don't deserve no i'm just they kidding whatever <laughs> no um <laughs> yeah seriously i did yeah respect your artistry and really nice to talk with you you too it was a pleasure talking to you all right everyone let's have fun lots of fun let's have fun Lots of fun.